0: more than conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you you can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org especially when personally betrayed by someone we've trusted and shared our most intimate thoughts with forgiving and forgetting that betrayal is sometimes a most difficult thing to do our human nature just hates doing that true forgiveness If done God's way, must not only be a conscious decision based on God's word, but also one done unconditionally. It can never be merely a feeling, because a conditional forgiveness only always leads to a hardened heart, a favorite resting place for the enemy. Left unchecked, the hardened heart is fertile soil for anger, which will always have deadly consequences for spiritual growth. Is it any wonder that, in His Word, God says, whoever holds on to anger is a fool? In this amazing six-day message, The Power of Forgiveness, listen to the life-changing words of Jesus Himself as He addresses the devastating consequences of unforgiveness, how to overcome it, and why all Christians cannot afford not to forgive and not to forget.
1: It's amazing how the devil will stir dirt up in your life to try to get you all roused up again and get you all riled up and get you all, you know, angry all over again. And if you're not careful as a believer, you'll walk down that road and say, yeah, you know, they they had some nerve. And, and you'll get yourself all, you know, back into that spirit of unforgiveness once again. So I, I've done a little thing. As soon as, as, soon as that that comes and comes to me, you know, and they start, I start rehearsing something. The first thing I do is I look up to heaven and say, I forgive everybody of everything, Lord. No matter how serious it was, I forgive them. I purpose as an act of my will, I make this choice, this decision in obedience to your word that I purpose to forgive. So that means that I don't speak of them in a ill way. I don't wish any harm on them. I don't, if I saw them in the street, I wouldn't give them a dirty look. Amen. I wouldn't give them a phony look. Right. But I'm going to pray for them. And by doing so, I am showing forth forgiveness in my heart. Some things may never be restored. That's right. What they've stolen for you may, may never be restored. One time I was thinking about this. Um, I don't remember what the situation was, but I I had loaned somebody some money, I think it was, going way, way back, and um, it's just coming to me now. So, I, But anyway, whatever the situation was, I was owed something by somebody, and um, they did not make good on what they owed me. And that, you see, now, let me, let, me, let me just give you a little bit. That's why, when it comes to money, I don't lend money. Family member, I don't care who you are, I do not lend money. I give money, but I don't lend money. As the Holy Spirit, don't come to me and say, God talking to you about giving me some money, because he hasn't. (laughs) I don't lend, but I do give as I feel led of the Lord to give, you know? So, and part of it is because of this this experience. So I remember they owed me something, and it must have been money, but anyway. Anyway, they never paid me back the debt that they owed me. And... I remember that situation, even though I don't remember what it was, but I do remember the situation with the person. And the Lord said to me, he said, you can either throw it or sow it. Because I knew I wasn't going to get it back. So you could either throw it or sow it. And I said, well, what do you mean throw it or sow? Well, you can throw it by just, you know, being so angry with it and it's just going to be wasted and it's not going to produce and just throw it like on like on the rocky soil, it's not going to bring any any results. But why don't you sow it into their life? Why don't you just say, you know what? You don't owe me that money, or you don't owe me that thing anymore. I sow it into your life. You can have it and be blessed and go on with your life and be free. If anybody's owed you something that's still bugging you, that's just saying, you know, they never paid me back or they never did what they were supposed to do. Why don't you just sow it into their life and say, forget about it. Because when you sow something with the right heart, it has the potential to bring a blessing back into your life. Now, now my life has been blessed because even though people didn't deserve my blessing... I purpose to sow it to them anyway, because I understand that when I do that, I put myself in the position, in the place, of reaping a reward or reaping a blessing back into my life. So if somebody owes you something, don't freak out. Sow it into their lives. In fact, I was, actually, I'm just reminded, I'm dealing with a situation right now where I'm doing some business with uh, somebody and they messed something up for me and it was useless. You know, and I put some money into buying some of the materials for this thing and and they, they tried to, to do something for me and they messed it all up and it's unusable. So once again, I was reminded, what am I going to do? Am I going to be all angry and unforgiving and and you know and you know practice retribution on the person? Or am I gonna sew it into their life and say, you know what? I just sewed that into your life. You can keep it, do it, sell it to somebody else, do whatever you want with it. I choose to sew it. I'm not going to throw it away. Wow. Isn't that a powerful thought? Yes. And just be released from the connection to it. Cuz the only thing that keeps you bitter about things is that you you still have a connection whether it be an emotional connection or some sort of, you know, mental connection to that. That's what's keeping you in the unforgiving in the state of unforgiveness. You got to just mentally change it and just release it and let it go. That's why I say, forgive, say it with me, forgive, forget, and let it go. That's how you walk in forgiveness. So I wanted to um, go over to John's gospel for whatever time. We've got a few minutes left. And I just want to go over this story quickly with you. And I think that this is such a great example of the forgiveness of God and and his love and his grace and his mercy so let's just read these verses and then we'll make some comments there's a couple little nuggets in here and we'll dig out these nuggets as we uh we get into the word so john's gospel chapter 8 and verse 1 it says but jesus went to the mount of olives now early in the morning he came again into the temple verse 1 we're at verse 2 now came again into the temple and all the people came to him And he sat down and he taught them. I like the word, these two words. This is just a little deviation because I just, I got caught up on these two words, came and taught. It says, the people came and he taught them. These are two continuous action verbs. So really this means that the people kept coming and he kept teaching them. So as the people kept coming, Jesus kept teaching them. As the people kept coming back for more, Jesus kept giving them more. Just a little side note. It's like the church. You keep coming and I'll keep teaching. You keep showing up and I'll keep hurling out the word. You see. So it says that the people kept coming and he kept teaching them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This... They said, testing him, that they might have, might have something of which to accuse him. So we're going to stop right there. So they find this woman, of course, the, 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 the scribes and the, the Pharisees. This is the religious bunch. Yeah. These are the people who hold everybody else accountable to every letter of the law, but they themselves do not live up to every letter of the law. I'd like to think that they were only of that day, but a lot of these scribes and Pharisees live in the church, in the current church, the, the, the today church, always holding people up against themselves and and and... trying to to set a standard that they themselves cannot live. And thank God for the grace and the mercy of the living God of Jesus Christ that bears with us when our heart is set towards Him and our heart is right. Thank God that His heart and His grace and mercy are toward us in our time of need. But these scribes, they bring the woman, And notice that they publicly disgrace her by publicly letting everybody know that she is a prostitute. That's what religious people do. They want everybody to know about your sin. They want everybody to know about your falling, about your shortcoming. They have no problem going around and telling everybody about your fault, but they themselves walk around like they are faultless. Wow. Let me give you a word of warning. Don't become a Pharisee or a scribe. Learn to walk humbly before your God so they come and they bring this woman this adulteress and they say okay now they're trying to trick Jesus and they said they start quoting the word to him you know religious people will do that they'll use the word against you just like the devil tried to use the word against Jesus in the in the garden now Moses in the law verse 5 commanded us that uh, she should be stoned but what do you say what do you say Jesus This they said, testing him, that they might have something which to accuse him. So they're trying to stop Jesus. So they want to, see, because if he said, now listen, if he had said, go ahead and stone her, they would have said, see, all this love stuff you're preaching, you don't even live it yourself. If he had said to them, don't stone her, he said, see, you're being soft on sin. And you're supposed to be a representative of God. So basically it goes like this. He's damned if he does, and he's damned if he doesn't. Anybody ever been in that position, you know what I'm talking about? See, that's that religious spirit tries to corner you and put you in a position and tries to make you look stupid or make you look bad. But you see, but they didn't know who they were talking to. They didn't know that they were talking to the king of glory, the king of kings, the God of great love and the God of great mercy and the God of great wisdom. So now now watch this. This is interesting. So verse six, I'm sorry. Yeah, the end of verse six is, but Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not even hear them. So this gives me great encouragement. See, Jesus doesn't hear the accusations that people bring against you. Jesus doesn't receive things that people say about you. They're bringing accusations against this woman, and Jesus pretends that he doesn't even hear them. In other words, let me put it to you. Jesus was plain old ignoring them, and this was infuriating them. This was making them matter by the minute because he did, he, he could, they couldn't get him. They couldn't corner him. They couldn't pin him. And he, he's just plain old ignorant. You know what I learned from that, folks? People bring accusations against you or against somebody that you love. Just don't even pay attention to it. Don't let it cause you to get a, you know, all w- riled up in your spirit. Just don't even pay attention to it. Ri- Listen, here, here's the word, rise above it. Did you hear what I said? Rise above it. I said, rise above it. Don't stoop to it. Rise above it. All right? So, so, now what? But Jesus stooped down and he wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. But verse 7 so when they continued asking him, now they're really like, come on, come on, give us an answer. How come? Mm, see, you don't have an answer. Give us, give us an answer, Jesus. You've got all the answers. How come you're not answering us this time? So Jesus stoops down and with his finger he proceeds to start writing things on the ground. And he looks up to them and he says he who is without sin cast the first stone. So basically he gave them permission. He said, go ahead, you can throw stones. But the first one should be the one who has no sin. And then again he stoops down and he continues to write. I've always been pretty, you know, curious about what was Jesus writing in the dirt? What could he have possibly, why did he take his finger and start writing in the dirt, in the faces of these people? What could he have possibly inscribed on the earth? Well, I've heard this said, and and I thought it was not my thing, but I've heard this said, and I agree with it. I believe what Jesus was writing in the dirt were all of their names. And then next to, they put a little colon or or a little dash. Or a little dot, dot, dot. And then proceeded to write their sins on the ground. Adulterer, liar, cheater. You've stolen thief. Blasphemer and started to write their faults on the ground. And then he looks up to them and says, he who is without sin, and I know every one of your sins, you go ahead and throw the first stone. And it says that they all dropped their stones and they walked away and left the woman standing there alone with Jesus. And Jesus turned to her and said, where are all your accusers? She said, there there are none here. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. So, so what's the essence of the story that ties into what we're talking about forgiveness here? I'm just kind of laying down the foundation. Right? Before I throw stones at somebody else, I better think about the things in my own life that need forgiveness forgiveness about my own sins and mistakes and shortcomings because it's it's so easy for us to hold things against somebody else and condemn somebody else with an unforgiving spirit when we ourselves have a whole lot of stuff that we need forgiveness for as well every time i start you know picking on somebody or I didn't see see I'm a perfectionist in, in many ways. I like things done perfect. When things aren't done perfectly I can get irritated and hold stuff against somebody and and you know like ah and that's like a form of when you hold something against somebody, that's unforgiveness. People make mistakes. People don't always live up to your expectations. People don't always do things the way you expect them to do it or you want them to do it. People don't always respond the way that you like to be responded to. But they don't do it purposefully. And even if they do it purposefully, we still have to find forgiveness in our heart. So one of the things that I do is when I start looking at somebody else's mistakes or what they've done to me or how they've offended me, I begin to remind myself, well, how many times have I done things to hurt people for which I deserved unforgiveness, or I deserved a stone thrown at me. You see, let me tell you what, folks, the bottom line is what a man sows is what a man's gonna reap. If you sow mercy, you're gonna reap mercy in your life. If you sow grace, you're gonna reap grace in your life. If you sow understanding, you're gonna reap understanding in your life. That's why it's so important for us as believers to walk in a constant state of forgiveness towards everyone because you don't realize it, but every time you hold on to a bitterness, an anger, a a, a judgment, a criticism, an unforgiveness in your life, you are sowing something that has the potential to bring back a harvest in your life, and it may be a harvest that you're not going to like. Whatever a man sows is what a man's going to reap. If I sow understanding, I'm gonna reap understanding because God knows I need understanding from people because sometimes I don't live up to their expectations. Sometimes I do make mistakes. So why would I hold an unforgiveness towards somebody else when I myself need so much, for? I need forgiveness every single day of my life. I don't know about you, but I need forgiveness every day. Listen, buddy, you may think you're perfect. You may, you may smell good, look good, have every hair in place. You may be wearing some sharp-looking clothes today. lady, Ladies, you might be having the, 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 the coolest fashion. You might have thousands and millions of dollars in the bank, but you ain't perfect. Amen. Amen. There ain't nobody who's perfect. We all need forgiveness every single day of our lives. Come on. I need to offer that forgiveness to others if I expect forgiveness to come back into my life. I've seen people come to me, you know, over the years, oh, you don't know how hard they've been on me, or, you know, all bummed out the way. So, but, I, but I've known some of these people who say, well, look at how you treat people. Look at how unforgiving you are. Every time they do something, you get an attitude, you get angry at them. I mean, I've got to watch myself, too, like even in the supermarket. I haven't told a good supermarket story, but did you ever get behind the lady that's in the middle of the aisle with the basket and, and she's blocking traffic both ways, can't get around them, can't go in, and her back is to the shelf and she's just looking at the shelf and the shopping cart's there and you're just standing there waiting to, to move. And you said, excuse me, and she's not paying attention to you. You've got to forgive. How about the person that dings your door? How about the person that cuts you off? Huh? That's a big one. Jim says that's a big one. Oh, yeah, you got to be careful because you might be cussing out somebody who sits next to you in church. Hey, you might be cussing out your pastor. We've got to offer forgiveness wherever we go, right? I think I told you about the time that I was pulling out of the parking lot in, in Costco I, well, I wasn't pulling out, I was driving down the lane. Now, the last time I, I read the, I checked in New York State, the person who's in the lane in a parking lot that's already moving has the right of way. If you're pulling out of a space, you've got to yield to the cars that are moving. Is that Has that law changed? That's still the law, right? That's what I thought. So I was driving down Costco in the lane. I wasn't going fast because I'm a very careful driver. I don't drive fast. Dis- despite what my family will tell you, unless I'm on a highway. But on back streets and all that, I drive the speed limit. And I'm driving down, you know, and all of a sudden this car didn't see me and backs out like halfway into the thing. And I'm like, whoa, dude, you know, slow down. I'm right, I got the right of way. So now I had to, you know, I I had to get out of his way so that he could pull out of the space. So my instant reaction was, all right, just kind of like, you know, skim around and keep going and I'll get out of the way, because I had the right of way, right? So I just turn around, I you know, kind of go around his car and I go this way, and all of a sudden, this guy pulls out of his lane and, and he starts waving his fist and, I mean, you know, I, mean, I don't know what he was saying in the car, but it looked like he was really had a mouthful. And I'm like, cool, cool your jets, it's all right, it's all right. And then I come around the, one way, he kind of follows me around the other way and we meet again and he's just ranting and raving rolls down the wind and he's cursing and swearing and it's like dude we didn't have an accident even if we did it's an accident it's not called an on purpose <laughs> people don't collide their cars on purpose it's an accident we didn't have an accident right and he's yelling and screaming. And I looked in the back seat, and there was like a little kid, like three years old maybe, four years old. I thought to myself, what is wrong with you? To have that kind of response? Because you tried to back out of a space. You were wrong. I've got the right of way. You should have said, oh, I'm sorry, man. Let me pull, pull my car. No, no. His response was to be. But you see, that's the world we live in. But we can't allow. Now, you know, what I did. Because my friends were, I want you know, just. You know, I just wanted to rant and rave and have... I rolled up my window. I didn't, I didn't even roll down my window. He rolled his window down. I just, I just let him get his steam off. And I got back in, on the road. And I just drove away and I said, Father, forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. I pray for that child. And I pray that he would have better behavior so that his child will be influenced with good things and good behavior and not bad behavior like that. You don't want to reinforce that kind of behavior in a child. But my instant reaction was to forgive him. Yeah, I was like angry, because I'm a human too, but I had to get hold of myself and say, you know what? I I just, I pray, pray that this jerk, I mean this guy um, gets his act to, come on, I'm human too, come on. I'm trying, I'm trying pray that this jerk idiot get his act together. You know, I'm not Mother Teresa by any means. I promise you. All right. I'm as human as you are, but, but my purpose was to pray for him that he might, you know, he might get it together. All right. Praise the Lord. That's it. Let's just stop right there.
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at two for more than conquerors with pastor Ray.